What is up, everybody, and welcome to Mysteries with Mommies. I am your host, Angie Thompson, and with me, as always, is my gorgeous co-host, Kristen Baki. Kristen, how you doing? Doing great. You make me laugh every time you say that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. One day, people are going to realize what I look like whenever we record these and how generous you were being when you introduced me. <laughs> no, no, no. You're beautiful inside and out. More inside, I think. More inside. <laughs> well, <laughs> depending on who you're talking to, the way we were talking before this, so Oh, yeah. We're well, we're on some true. we're on some bad lists, I think. <laughs> that sure is true. We're there together. Oh, good company. Yeah. So uh it's been a while since we recorded. I was telling you before that I've been sick and then with the start of school it's just been crazy. So uh, yeah. listeners, we apologize. It's been a few weeks. Yeah, we do. But it is crazy. The start of school is always crazy. And I feel it just gets crazier from here. It does. But at least we get on a schedule of crazy. Yeah, a scheduled crazy. Scheduled <laughs> crazy. Like, we get, we get like used to it. chaos. That's what yeah. we have. Yeah. <laughs> at least so we can um, save it two hours every other week. Yeah, that's funny. So I don't know, but, um, yeah, so I was just going to get right into it. Um, I know sometimes people enjoy our banter, um, but I do have two cases. Well, three, because I went down a rabbit hole. So I have a lot to cover. Oh, I love it. So, all right. So in my last Facebook and Instagram posts, I teased that our next episode. So this one was going to be about. The American Gladiators TV show. Yeah. So all I have to say is gladiators ready. (laughs) (laughs) Fight. (laughs) Um, So I actually, I wanted to do this because I watched two documentaries. There's the one on Netflix that just came out muscles and mayhem. I think it's called. Yeah. I watched that one. Yeah. And then previously, which I didn't know until I started kind of researching stuff. There was one on ESPN, 30 on 30, yeah, 30, 30, 30. 30 to 30 or something. Yeah. We watched that one too. Yeah. 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 Um, which that was a crazy ride. Um, so I wanted to just, for people who enjoyed the show, but they don't have time to sit down and watch hours upon hours of Gladiator documentaries, I thought maybe we'd just go through some of the highlights. Um, there actually was not, you know, you always think with these shows, there's going to be some kind of scandal or, or crime or something. There really wasn't too much with the show itself, but I have some, some fun information about some of our gladiators and contestants. I thought I'd share with everybody. So gladiators, American gladiators ran on TV from 1989 to 1996 and was revived for one season in 2008. A man named Johnny Ferraro from Erie, Pennsylvania, was the one who kind of came up with the idea. Uh, fun fact about Johnny, and if you actually watch the documentaries, you'll notice he was, and I'm pretty sure still is, an Elvis impersonator. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And, so, um, 
initially the whole American Gladiators thing was he pitched as a movie for six years. Like he came up with this, I'm this movie idea. Um, and that wasn't working. And then he watched a 1984 movie called, Oh God, you devil starring George Burns, which I've never seen that I was three years old and that came out. Um, and it was, uh, George Burns played both God and the devil. The reason it's important to our story is because Johnny, with his dedication to the American gladiators, pledged his own soul to Satan. If it shot, um, if it shot at the big time. Uh, yeah. We said, Satan, you got my soul. If this, this gladiator thing will work. Um, disturbing. which kind of makes me want to watch the movie now, but kind of don't. So if anyone has actually seen it, please comment on our, on our social media. Let me know. Yay or nay. Um, which actually Johnny didn't just do this himself. He had a co-creator, uh, a man by the name of Apache, Dan Carr. His nickname was Apache. He was part Native American. Um, that was his ancestry. He was a co-creator. And in my notes, I put co-creator, but forgotten slash screwed over. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good summary. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's where we'll do that. Um, he actually originally set up the first gladiators, like the competition type stuff in a local gym in Erie, Pennsylvania on March 27th, 1982. Um, he was not shown in the 30 for 30 ESPN documentary because uh, Johnny, his friend Johnny, actually has legal control of his appearances. Yeah. Can you believe that somebody would negotiate and allow that? Like, yeah. <laughs> that was mind blowing when I heard that. I thought at first they were saying it incorrectly, but no, like he controls him. Yes. So like he's only seen when, when, uh, Johnny wants him to be seen, which is crazy. A lot of stuff crazy about this stuff in contracts. Um, and a, another fact about the 30 for 30 documentary is a lot of the gladiators didn't participate because of Johnny. And he saw it as like his show, his story. So a lot of um, gladiators were like, screw you. We're not, we're not going to be in this. Um, but then they were in the second one. So, um, in 1987, uh, Samuel Goldwyn bought the rights for the gladiators and the early shows, which are the first 13 episodes were known as the dark ages. And basically it was, Almost the same games, but no pads at all. So, um, and some of these games, oh gosh, they were so silly. One was like a contender tried to get balls off a trampoline while the gladiator jumped on the trampoline to pull a rope up that flung them everywhere. And one lady hit the trampoline so hard. I'm not so sure she does. She can't have kids anymore. Oh, um, but everyone was just, I mean, it was, it was very dangerous. The pilot of gladiators was shot at the LA equestrian center. Um, and basically, uh, Gemini or Mike Horton, uh, basically said there was still like 
horse crap everywhere. He said, you walked out of your trailer. It smelled like horses. It was still in the arena. And they went ahead and shot this pilot with games that really didn't work. Um, so the original gladiators were Darren McBee, known as Malibu, Marissa Pear as Lace, Ray Hollett as Zap, Mike Horton as Gemini, Dan Clark as Nitro, and Cheryl Baldinger was Sunny for part of season one. And then I believe she got hurt. And so once they changed venues, I think it was in one of the first couple of episodes, still in the dark ages, they had this game called Cannonball, which was always one of my favorites. So basically the, for those of you who haven't seen it, the contestants stand on a platform. They jump on what a lot of us would have like a swing on our tree, swing and knock into the gladiators with a lot of force while the gladiators are holding somewhat of a pad, like one of those football pads. So this happened to Malibu. He did. And they show video of this. The contender came in and I think elbowed him, like stuck his elbow out, hit Malibu so hard. He flew back off the podium. And when he landed on the mat, his knee came up and basically broke his face. Mm. Gave him a concussion, all of that. Um, So he was pretty much out because the doctors are like, dude, your head's broken. Your head's broken. (laughs) Which, I'm not going to lie. So they show on the documentaries, you know, they show he's talking normal and stuff. And then they go back to like when he's on camera as Malibu. And he was probably the most irritating of the gladiators. Because he came on the episode after his injury and was like, Nah, dude, it was gnarly. I'm recovering with some rays and some babes and some beer. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, so, but that was like all his facade. He's not like that, I guess. Maybe yeah. he is, I don't know. Um, so very, very dangerous. And the gladiators um, didn't have, they did not provide health insurance. They usually would record like episodes just bang, 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 like six in a day. So they had, there was no break. They had all these games that, and if you look at videos and stuff, all these games that, I mean, it's so hard not to get hurt. Like the breakthrough and conquer and the conquer wrestling ring. At one point it was raised and one gladiator. I think that's what happened to Sunny and her like leg broke or something. I don't, it was gross. So as this becomes more popular, they start, reworking it, bringing in new people um, and kind of making it into what I remember as a kid with the games, the gladiators slowly got more pads. Um, Still wasn't super safe, but you know, better than what it was. So some more of our gladiators. We had one of my favorites, Blaze, who is Cherie Pendleton. Gold was played by uh, Tanya Knight, and unfortunately, she died on February 7th, 2023 of cancer. Jim Starr um, was Laser, and he actually was the only gladiator to appear in all episodes. Just a fun fact. Mm -hmm. 
David Nelson played Titan. If you don't remember Titan, it's because he wasn't on there that long because um, he got mad at the ref and charged the ref <laughs> to the stands and it took like three other gladiators to pull him off. So he had a bit of a temper issue. Uh, Erica Anderson, uh, Diamond, my very favorite gladiator, um, was Ice Laurie Fedrick. Um, Billy Smith was Thunder, and he died on in August of 2021, but no cause of death was released, so I'm not sure what's going on with that. Gallon Tomlinson was Turbo. Debbie Clark, who was Storm. Uh, there's actually, I'm not going to go into it, but there's actually a story about uh, Storm actually, I don't know the circumstances, became homeless with her son. And sad. Yeah, but then someone on the street recognized her as Storm and he ended up uh, letting her and her son share an extra room in her, in his condo or something. Um, so it ended up working out. But just for a while, she was homeless. Steve Henneberry was Tower. Um, Scott Berlinger was Viper. These are getting into the other ones. Um, Philip Hoti was Atlas. I don't remember him at all. Do you remember Atlas? No, I didn't really watch it that much. Like some of the names I recognized whenever we were watching the documentary, but I don't remember ever actually just watching girl i know them oh, all i watched it religiously and then at one point i had a roommate and uh that's all we watched like we because it would show on i don't know what the channel g4 or whatever the channel used to be mm-hmm. and uh oh my gosh we would watch it and we would want to be on gladiators and we criticized the 20 the 2008 reboot because it had too many pads and it was too safe <laughs> we're like no you don't need a bad faces what <laughs> um but atlas he died on august 17th 2017 um also cause of death unknown lynn williams was saber um natalie lennox was lace we'll get back to her in a little bit and Shelly Beatty uh, was Siren. She was the um, only deaf gladiator. Mm. Um, I remember her. She was cool. Uh, unfortunately, she was diagnosed with bipolar. And on February 13th, 2008, she was found. Um, she attempted suicide by hanging and then died three days later in the hospital. She oh. was only 40 years old. Oh my goodness, that's so sad. Yeah, that that is that was sad. Um, oh, another one. Lee Rearman was Hawk. He was the dude with the. He kind of reminded me of the the Russian guy in Rocky Five. <clears throat> he had the blonde, spiky hair. I remember him. Um, he died on February twenty ninth. 2016 no cause of death was specified but he did have um hip surgery a few weeks before so they think it might have been some kind of infection yeah so a little bit of a a curse going through the gladiators there it really is there's so much happening to all of them that's negative yeah and you wonder if like the 
cause of death that's unknown, like if it has anything to do with their injuries as gladiators. Yeah. Well, because like back then, I mean, when did like, even like with football, whenever they started finding out about like what concussions do to the brain, I mean, this mm. was before all of that. So I'm sure I can only imagine the things that their bodies went through that we didn't realize the consequences of. Yeah. And not having insurance. And not having insurance to go to a doctor. There you go. Um, and then Victoria Gregg was jazz. And happy story about jazz. The gladiators were um, sent to training with an ex-Marine. I believe he was an ex-Marine. Basically to learn how to like fight and like joust and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And she ended up marrying him. Wow. Yeah, they fell in love and got married. So that's nice. Good for jazz, oh, huh? That's a, yeah, that's a positive. Um, some of the problems with the show as we get back. Um, like we mentioned before, the gladiators had like they they had a horrible contract. Um, they got paid, I think what was I just looking at? It was average about what now would be twenty three thousand dollars a year. So back in, oh wait, so you're saying that what their pay was back then, it was equivalent to 23000 now? Yeah. Oh, they didn't yeah. get paid very much then. No, and they didn't have anything, like any rights in the merch. So like when the gladiators got to become really big and they had the toys, and which I had the toys and they were awesome and I love them so much. But they had all the <laughs> merch and the toys and all of that, they got no cut in that. Wow. Yeah. That's wrong. So there was all sorts of uh, stuff. And then finally, some of the gladiators were, and it was led by ice, uh, said, okay, we need to have better conditions. Cause they were seeing how famous they were becoming. Mm-hmm. And so like, we need to get paid more. So ice zap Gemini and nitro went to Goldman and said, we want more money. We want rights to the merchandise. And they just fired them. Which now, I'm not sure you could do that. But back then, it didn't matter. Um, so, they were the only... They couldn't talk their fellow gladiators into um, going with them. Or, or, you know, signing anything with them. So, so they yeah. were fired. And those are some of the... Those were some of the four most popular gladiators. And they ended up getting their jobs back towards the end. But it was more because they're like, I was a gladiator. This is what I do. Yeah. Type of a thing. Um, They did. Once the show was over on TV, they did go on a nationwide tour that lasted 50 weeks, almost a full year, which I am sad to say, I'm, I wish I would have known about this or had come to my area because I would have gone. Um, and now if they revive a gladiator tour, I will gladly participate for free. (laughs) Um, they, they also in 1996, which I did not know had a dinner show in Orlando. What? Yeah. Sold out. Very popular. It wasn't a success. Like they, it didn't make a lot of money, but it was sold out most nights. Um, the thing with the dinner show and the tour is like, Basically, the producers and like the people at Samuel Goldwyn saw these gladiators as they were expendable. 
It was like, oh, you get hurt. We'll go to a local gym and find three other bodybuilders that can do your job. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, you're hurt. We can't wait for you to heal. You're fired. Bye. And they'd bring in someone else. That's why there were so many gladiators that I listed for the amount of time the show ran. So that was, uh, that's not good. It made me really sad for oh. the gladiators. Yeah. Um, so to some of the scandals, um, I talked about Lace. I said we were going to come back to her. Nothing major. Um, in 2008, she was arrested for possession of narco- narcotic paraphernalia. Doesn't necessarily mean she had drugs on her. It was just paraphernalia. And she was released <laughs> on a $250 bond and no trouble since then that I knew of or I could find. Um, there was a contestant. And if you watch the show, you would remember him because he was a real jackass um, named Eldon Kidd. He was an older contestant, but he basically uh-huh. is famous for being the dirtiest competitor on gladiators. And he basically, he won. So he was going to go to the next round, but he ref- how they shot it is okay. If I won this show, I would immediately record the next show with the new contender. And so he was like, well, that guy's fresh. I'm not, I'm not going to record that soon. And so they basically just twerked it. So the other guy would win. Oh, wow. It, well, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But don't worry because Mr. Kid went on to have a somewhat successful career with smuggling people from Mexico. Until and he's really oh proud of it. He was really proud of it. Until he was caught and he spent two years in a Mexican prison. However, the prisoners did recognize him from American gladiators, so they pretty much left him alone. So what I'm hearing is that that curse we were talking about is still continuing. Well, he kind of brought that one upon himself. Well, he did, but like I feel like they make sad choices. Yeah, maybe he got knocked in the head too much. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. It was this, this because he was one of the older contestants, and it was like this father of four who's, of course, then it was like 35 years old. He was old. Um, <laughs> and then there he is smuggling people from Mexico. Mm. But anyway, so. Um, and then a fun fact about our girl, Sky. Um, who is on the, I think both documentaries, I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, she has an OnlyFans account for feet. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, gentlemen, uh, request the kind of pictures they would like of her feet. So maybe paint your toenails red or red, white, and blue or whatever. When uh, she gets paid. Uh, so good for her. I'm not a feet person, so that grosses me out. Oh, I hate, I hate feet. Yeah, that grosses me out. But you know, to each his mm-hmm. own, right? I guess. I and mean, if she's getting paid for it, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, good for her. Good for I her. For... <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's what it is. No judgment. Um, there was like of all the gladiators and everything, um, one tragic extra tragic. I mean, there's all the the gladiators that died, but one tragic crime happened to 
one of the contestants, um, Cheryl Wilson, she won the show five times, which again, for those of us who are gladiator fans, you probably remember her. But in 1997, she was beaten, choked, stabbed, and stabbed to death by her husband, a pro boxer, Juan Minnelli. Mm-hmm. And basically what happened, um, he flew into a jealous rage thinking she was seeing a woman. Um, prosecutors said that he was worried she'd get custody of their three-year-old daughter so he thinks, oh, well, you're cheating on me with this woman. You're not taking my kid. Goes crazy. He knocked her down, stabbed her with kitchen knives. Mm. She was able to run outside, but then he dragged her back in and bludgeoned her with a steel hammer mm. before oh, anyone. But then, and this is what always gets me with these things. He just went upstairs, took a shower, washed off the blood, called his parents and asked for money. They said, no, we're not giving you money for killing your wife. And so, um, and then they called the cops. Oh my goodness. And he was convicted of first degree murder in that case. Um, That's really sad to think, you know, Mm -hmm. you think of someone young and healthy and yeah. But then you also got to wonder, you know, he was a pro boxer was that like his disposition or was it because he was hitting the head too much? Yeah. Like in all seriousness. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I get there it. was another, Oh, I watched a documentary on Aaron Hernandez. Um, oh yeah. I saw that one too. That was good. And they had that argument about him having the brain damage and stuff. So um, I don't know, but yeah, that was really sad. So not a lot of scandal. With the gladiators, uh, I do recommend if you're a fan, at least watch the Netflix one. Or if you're an Elvis fan, watch the ESPN one. <laughs> I don't know. Elvis. This this Johnny, like if you're into psychology at all, this Johnny guy is a trip. There's always an Elvis impersonator. I feel like every story, somebody's impersonating yes. Elvis. Yes, I know. Elvis, the king, I guess, for some reason. Um. So, so that's with, that's with the gladiators. Um, and again, anyone who at Samuel Goldwyn or any other network producer, whatever you are, um, want to bring back the American gladiators, maybe for senior citizens, I'm up. (laughs) (laughs) What? Well, girl, I'm more of a senior citizen than a young person. What about gladiators like middle age? Middle age, middle age gladiators. Yeah, not do senior citizen job, but not the. But I need gladiators that look like me because I'm telling you, those gladiators on that, they still look like they could kick my butt. Oh my god! So, but I'd be willing to try. I have a feeling I could. I have a strategy for the joust, and that's it. Okay. Well, let's just hope that the joust is what you have to compete in then. (laughs) Hopefully, it's or the cannonball because that takes no skill. You just jump on a swing. You know, just jump on a swing and tuck yourself in and hope you weigh enough. Tuck yourself in. So, oh my gosh. Fun times. But anyway, so that was kind of our, uh, more of our lighthearted uh, case today. I do have one um, that's not so lighthearted. So we'll go ahead and jump into that. The more true crime one. Um, this is about the disappearance of Denise Flume. Mm-hmm. 
who was born January 14, 1968, in Connersville, Indiana. She was described as being a bright student who ran track, and she wanted to attend um, Miami of Ohio, which, FYI, that's where my dad went. Miami University of Ohio. Yeah, one fact. Um, And she was also the treasurer of the science club. She played volleyball, softball, and basketball, but was really hoping to get a track scholarship. I also found a nice article um, about after she disappeared. She was a senior in high school. So after she disappeared in April, well, the ceremony was in April. um, She actually was a part of a special academic recognition ceremony by the district she was in. And it was a top two. You had to be in a top two percent and only two people from each high school were chosen. Um, it was kind of like a teacher appreciation thing where the students chose their most influential teacher and she chose biology teacher, Andy Benz. Mm -hmm. And it was sad because since Denise was missing at this point, she, um, she was obviously wasn't there. So he didn't sit with the other nominees and teachers. He sat in the crowd, but then they had what she had written about him. Mm -hmm that they gave him later. But, um, so just basically overall great kid who had a bunch going for her. And one of the things when, you know, the cops are called, well, she's a teenager. She probably ran away. Well, this isn't the type of kid that runs away. Yeah. You know, when you're, she had already been accepted into the college. She's waiting on scholarships. She's getting all these awards right before prom right before graduation. So um, keep all that in mind. So in February of 1986, Denise broke up with her boyfriend of three years, Sean McClung. Her mom, Judy said that she was more social after the breakup. She started going out more, started dating a little bit, um, just seemed a little bit happier. On March 27th, 1986, Denise went to a a party on a farm with a few hundred other kids, other students. It was spring break. So it was one of those things where it might've been like, okay, so because in the country area, usually parties would be on someone's farmland and they would have a bonfire and, and all that. So since it's spring break, it was probably, okay, well, we'll have the seniors from our school and then the seniors from the other schools and all that. So there were a few hundred, uh, other students there. The next day on March 28th, Denise realized that she left her purse at the, at the party and she called a bunch of friends to go with her. Uh, But they all said they couldn't. She asked her sister, Jenny, who was two years younger than her, if she could go. But she had softball practice. Um, So she ended up going by herself. But her mom thought it was weird that she was hesitant to go by herself. To pick it up. She's like, she didn't, you know, she didn't care. She wasn't afraid of anything. So her mom thought it was kind of weird. Like, why don't you want to just go where you were last night? Because they obviously knew the people. Right. And um, especially you would think that there really wasn't that many people that are there. It's the day after you're just going back to get something you left. Like you wouldn't no, see a lot of people. Be like the family. People. Yeah. The yeah. owners. Um, 
So no one could go. So she heads outside um, and she had a short conversation with her neighbor before leaving. That was the last time that she was seen. Um, really? She left about 1230 in the afternoon. Um, she took her parents 1981 Buick Regal, which was cream colored. But the tenant of the farm where the party was said she never came. So they never saw her. Around one third. Huh? Allegedly. I don't know the whole story to know if they're lying yet. So allegedly they never saw her. Uh, No, that's that they were, they were cleared. Oh, okay. Okay. That was like it. Yeah. Um, At one 30 PM, Denise's cousin returned the purse to the house. So she had gotten it, picked it up for her, but you know, without cell phones and stuff, you know, back in the olden days, she just thought she'd run it by her by to the house. It's not like you could text and say, Hey, I got your purse. I'm coming over or whatever. Um, So that was about an hour, a little after an hour after Denise left. So by eight 30 that night, um, David, Denise's father and her mom, Judy ended up reporting her missing because again, that was unlike her. She left at 1230 for her to be gone. Just eight hours without contacting anyone was unusual. So, um, so they reported her missing to the Fayette County Sheriff's Department. They weren't within city limits, so they had to go straight to the Sheriff's Department. And like I said before, they kind of brushed it off as teenage behavior and, oh, she probably just getting that rebellious streak. She'll be back soon. They didn't really pay any attention to it. However, the next day, um, on March 29th, Uh, Denise's car was found. And so that's when the police was like, okay, maybe we should make this a missing person. Um, Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So a farmer in Glenwood. um, So that's not the town where the party was. That's not the area where the party was. um, Reported her car alongside tower road, which was basically a gravel road. Think of like in the country, a gravel road between his house and, in, a, in the field that he worked in. So if you could even call it a road. Um, okay. He said it had been there since between 1230 and 115 the previous day. So the day that Denise went missing. So the time checks out. Um, and originally he didn't um, think anything of it. Cause I guess one of the popular things then was like people would go mushroom hunting in the area. So he just assumed what? it was just mushroom, mushroom hunting. I don't know. Like legit looking for mushrooms. Yeah. To eat. Oh, that's weird. Okay. Go ahead. Well, I don't know, but that's what he thought it was. So he didn't think anything of it. Cause people did that all the time until it was still there the next day. So he was like, okay. So he called the cops. Um, the car was locked and it was three miles from where the party was held near a barn. One of the interesting things about the location is that it was only about a half mile from route 44. So if someone had taken her, they didn't have far to go to get to the highway. Mm. It's not like you're driving through a small town where someone would recognize you or whatever. You just hop, you know, I'm sure it was back road straight to the highway. Right. Um, one of the 
interesting things about the investigation. And I think one of the things that um, has kept it unsolved is because the lead detective on the case was a man named Ted McQuinley, and he was David's cousin. David is Denise's father. Oh. So um, basically he kind of, he didn't do an official, official investigation. Um, They said it lacks documentation, records, detailed notes, and he relied more on memory. So he didn't write anything down pretty much. That's stupid. So there was a lot of stuff that, you know, probably could have been documented that he forgot about. And just wasn't documented. If you're yeah. good at your job, you're writing the stuff down. Yeah. Yeah. So not long after <clears throat> Denise had disappeared, her ex-boyfriend, Sean McClung, so the guy she broke up with in February, left town to go to Arizona. And he was For questioned, what? but was never a suspect. Uh, which, mm. here's my thing. So you always look at the the spouse or the ex-spouse or the family first. Mm-hmm. He never participated in any of the searches, which if I had dated someone for three years, regardless of the breakup situation, like I would be worried I would join the search. I don't see. I don't know. I kind of disagree. I don't know. Don't? I feel that depending upon the circumstances of the breakup and how much like maybe animosity I had acquired for that person since then, I may not, I may kind of be like, Oh, this is karma. You broke up with me and now you're missing. I don't know. I have kind of a darker, I have a darker side than you. So I don't know. that I Yeah. I can't think of, I can't think of anyone that I've broken up with that I wouldn't participate somehow. But I'm not going to say names on here in case I get sued. Please don't. Please don't. I can think of many people that I would be like, eh, oh well. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, so what was he leaving for Arizona for? Um, it, it didn't really say. Uh, okay. I think work or something. Okay. He ended so up living out reason. Yeah, okay. he didn't just like up and disappear. Um, he lived in Arizona until 2017 when he moved back to the same town and he had a very lengthy criminal record from Arizona for domestic violence. See, maybe that's why they broke up. Yeah, I don't know. And I'm going to post pictures on social media, but there's some pictures of them at like, I'm sure it was like homecoming or some kind of formal, um, where it's like, they're never smiling. And there's one where he has like weird grip around her neck. It looked very possessive to me. Uh, yeah, that sounds possessive. You don't just suddenly accrue a domestic violence record. Like that's been your tendency. Yeah. Somebody just finally reported you. Yeah. So, um, a lot of searches went on, um, that her parents just continued to, you know, bring it up. Wouldn't let people forget it. Uh, no one, they, they had some persons of interest, but they never charged anybody with her disappearance. Um, and, but on August 10th, 1988, 
a woman from Norfolk, Virginia called Judy and David and said it was Denise and asked them to come out to Virginia. And uh, Judy said one of the only reasons they did is because she knew she called on Judy's day off, which Denise probably would have only known that. Right. And she said some things that she said Denise would say sounded like her. Uh, so they drive or they go out to Norfolk and the girl initially denied ever calling. And then as they, you know, dove into it more, she said, well, yeah, I did call. Sorry, but I thought I may have seen her at a shopping center. What? So, um, and despite, despite that, like that's, that's a horrible, horrible thing to do to someone. And, they um, actually still decided not to press charges. Uh, not me. Remember that oh, dark no, that, side? You oh, wasted that bitch my time. would have been in jail. Yeah, you wasted my time and you got my hopes up thinking that my baby had been seen. Um, absolutely, I'm pressing charges. Yeah. Um, so I, I do have a dark side, I guess, when it comes to my children. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2007, so nothing is heard. Nothing happens. The case is going cold. 2007, Detective Scott Jarvis um, was put on the case. So fresh eyes, which we talk about a lot on here. And still, you know, there were things here and there, not a whole lot. In 2014, it took to, it took until 2014 for them to enter Denise's and her family's DNA to the national database. They got um, uh, her DNA from, I think, a baby tooth that had fallen out. Mm. Um, but it, it perplexes me why it took till 2014. That's funny. Cause I was just thinking in my head, like, okay, when did DNA really start being like popular? Cause it seems like that was a long time to hold off on that. Yeah. Or at least get her family's DNA. You know, I can understand if they right. didn't know like from a tooth, but like her family's DNA, that's just some blood or spit or something. Yeah. Some spit. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, and then on May, May 3rd, 2018, Detective um, Stacy Reese, who was a police officer from, oh, I don't know how to say this, Vincennes County, um, like a county over, uh, contacted the family and basically wanted to help. She grew up in the same town as Denise. Her mom had babysat Denise. So she kind of had a personal interest in it as did anyone from the town. That was just kind of like a town unifier. So she, she got with the family and was like, look, I really want to look into this. And she started a justice for Denise Flume Facebook page and has been kind of on the case since then. Uh, Unofficially it's all been volunteer. Mm Mm-hmm. On September 7th, 2018, the Mary Gray Bird Sanctuary was searched. It's in Connorsville, the hometown. And the reason that it was searched is because there was a tip from the ex-girlfriend of a person of interest. They didn't say the person of interest. They didn't give out any names, suspects, anything like that. Um, Cadaver dogs from the Indiana Department of Homeland Security alerted that there were possible human remains by the fourth pond, but then it turned out to be nothing. Hmm. 
so whatever dug up, they said there was like torrential rains. And then, so they couldn't do a search until after that. And they searched the pond, but they didn't find anything. Um, and then in December, 2018, Sheriff Joey Laughlin inter- interrogated McClung. Um, I guess they came back to him. And the reason that he was questioning him is because in 2017, he had failed a voice stress test, which I'd never heard of before. Like I know lie detector tests, but I didn't know of a voice stress test. Yeah. I didn't think that was, I've heard of those, but I didn't realize that was something I guess that they, they use. I guess it was in cases. Yeah. I guess it was enough that they could interrogate him, but he didn't give up (laughs) anything. Interesting. So skip up, skip forward a few years. On July 9th, 2020, Sean was arrested um, on other charges and he, and then he was charged with voluntary manslaughter. He was originally arrested on unrelated fraud charges. And while he was in jail for the fraud, he confessed to um, killing Denise he confessed. Uh huh. So he so he said Denise picked him up. They got into an argument and he killed her and then called friends to move the body. First what he friends? said, first she said, I don't know. Like, are these other okay. people of interest? Who are these people? Yeah, who are these people? Like, did you talk to who he hung out with? Because I didn't read anything about it. Um. So at first he said she was alive, but then he said, no, I'm just kidding. I killed her. Um, and the, then he made a, a deal that if he showed the body, the location of the body, he would be immune from the murder charge. Well, no. I think at this point, you know, it had been 30 something years. Well, well, okay. And uh, it's like, uh. And I'm sure they had to, usually they talked to the family about it. They had to have talked to the family and said, look, we yeah. already got him on this fraud charge. But maybe he was on charge going to carry as much punishment as a murder charge. Well, but would you rather like as a parent, I would rather have oh, my child. Okay. Yeah. You know? Wow. So, um, he was unable to give the location, so he was charged, and then he recanted his confession. I saw that coming. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, an interesting thing is that um, Denise's parents didn't really believe that he killed her, but they think he knows something. Mm-hmm. I let you confess to something if you did not do it. What like I, it, it wasn't helping with your fraud charge. It's not like, hey, I'm going to confess to this, and then you're going to drop the fraud charge, and I'm just going to go home, or you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's weird. I don't know. But on September 26, 2020, uh, Sean died of an undisclosed terminal illness before a trial started at 56 years old. So some people say it was a deathbed confession. Yeah. But then I don't 
like, I don't know, like, why would, if it was a confession, why would you recant it if you know you're going to die anyway? But maybe he didn't want to go through a trial. Yeah. Why couldn't you show him where the body was? Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe he didn't know. Maybe he had nothing to do with it. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, But we will never know because he can't tell us. So there was kind of a dead end at that point because, you know, once you get someone charged, I think, okay, he did it. We're done. We'll finally have justice. And then he died. Um, So the search continued on April 28th, 2021. Equus Search Midwest, the Indiana Canine Search and Rest Recover Unit, and the Fayette County Sheriff conduct a search. Huge search. Um, The locations were not made public, so I can't tell you where they were. Um, It lasted from 7 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. with a debriefing, I think, at like 7.15, which is another thing. If you're going to get, and I know it costs money, but if you're going to get all those agencies involved, why would it not even be a 12-hour search? Yeah. I mean, let's go at least two days. But, I mean, I know there's money and all that. Yeah, that's a lot of people for not an extended period of time. Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. So that is where everything with Denise that I found. So nobody has ever been found. Her parents do think she's dead. They just want her body back. Mm. But here's where I went down the rabbit hole. Okay. So. Around the same time, a serial killer named Larry Hall confessed to 35 murders across the Midwest and the Eastern United States. He then recanted, which I think at this point, like these people just play games. They do. With all the, yeah, with all the serial killers and stuff, they just, they play games. Um, The FBI thinks it was actually closer to 50 So they, he did confess one, one of the people he confessed to murdering was Denise Mm -hmm. as well as a girl from, um, India, another girl from, uh, Indiana, Trisha Rettler of Marion, Indiana. Um, so he specifically mentioned those two that were in the area. So Mm -hmm. Trisha had been missing since March 29th, 1993, which is a day, a day and however many years after Denise. Um, she was born February 9th, 1974. She was only 19 years old. So Denise was 18. Trisha was 19. Um, both went mit- missing at the end of March. So there's some similarities. Yeah. Trisha, Trisha was a psych major at Indiana Wesleyan University. She was last seen around 8 p.m. when she went to the Marsh Supermarket, about a half mile from campus. She was taking a study break. She went, bought a magazine and a pop or soda for those of you in the South, <laughs> but never made it back. My initial being, you know, from Ohio is it's pop. It's pop. Yeah. It's pop. Um. Or soda pop, if you prefer, whatever. I was going to say, we can we can compromise on soda pop. <laughs> um, unfortunately, she never made it back 
to campus. Her bloodstained jeans, shirt, and shoes were found in a field near the Seabold Pool and Center Elementary School, which those fell between the store and campus. So it's like campus, you know how these little, because it's a small university, you know how these little uh, college towns are. Uh, There were six or seven people playing basketball at the school around the time that Denise went missing, but none have come forward. They didn't hear anything, see anything, like nobody had anything to contribute? Apparently not. Okay. So, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe they were afraid. Maybe they didn't really, maybe they really did it. Like, could he but, share where the bodies were then? Does he not? I mean, like, how do these, these bodies just disappear and they're never found? I don't know. Hmm. Like, why would you find the clothes? And I don't know. Yeah. Um, a man named David W. Griner was initially a suspect, but he was cleared. However, in 1993, so later on in 1993, Hall was living with his parents at the time. Um, and this was a few months after Trisha's disappearance. The police found materials related to Trisha's case in Hall's van, which included maps, ether, which can be used for sedation, photos, newspaper articles, and a photo of him with uh, Trisha's uh, case summary. Okay, you're in that now, but like. You completely cut out. So say all that again. What did what did they find? Oh, they found um, materials related to Trisha's case in uh, Paul's okay. van, and it was okay. maps, ether. So you know, put on a cloth and someone passes out. Photos, newspaper articles, and a photo of him with Trisha's case summary. Okay. So he was not, I guess they couldn't make that work. That wasn't enough evidence. I mean, that could be like if someone was looking through my stuff and they had all these, they saw my notebooks of, you know, these crime cases. I mean, you can't prove anything. Um, But he was arrested in December of 1994 uh, for the abduction of Jessica Roach, who was found in an Indiana cornfield. Oh, she was she was found murdered. Yeah. Abduction and murder. But an interesting thing about this Larry Hall is they actually made an Apple Plus show about it. Really? Yeah. What's it called? Excellent question. I don't remember. Because I don't have Apple TV, so I was like, well, I'm not going to watch this. Um, I have Apple TV. I'm going to have to go check that out. Yeah, if you just search Larry Hall or serial killer Larry Hall, it'll come up. It would be interesting if they mentioned Denise and Trisha in there. It would be. Like, I don't know how close it is. Like, it's based on his life, but I don't know if they change names and stuff like that. Mm, good point. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then it went into some other people that he was uh, linked to, um, but that would have, again, just taken us forever. So, that is what happened. I'm still wondering why was she 
not wanting to go back to get her purse by herself. Well, that's what her mom thought too. I guess that's what kept like when she, her mom said, I don't know. She left and she, she had a bad feeling when she saw Denise leave. Cause she had gotten home from work early that day. Otherwise she wouldn't have been there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she said, you know, it wouldn't be anything for her to drive, you know, a few miles up the road to get her purse from a place where she had been last night. There was no reported like fight or argument or anything at the party, like no disturbance at the party. So you figure if it was like Sean and her arguing, someone would have reported it. Right. It just makes me wonder, like, did somebody say something just to her? Did someone give her the creeps or she felt like someone was going to be there waiting still? My dogs are growling at who knows what. Um, But yeah, I mean, like something had, something gave her a bad feeling to not want to go back by herself. And it may not have been something as extreme as a fight breaking out or, you know, but somebody there could have been giving her the creeps or trying to get her to do something with them, you know, and she didn't want to deal with that if they were still there. Yeah. But then you would think it would be someone linked to that house. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. Cause I'm saying like that, just that part bothers me. And then like, why would she be so far? Well, I mean, three miles isn't super far, but why would she be away from the where she was going? Her parents like she has no reason to be up there, right? On a little, you know, dirt country road. Mm-hmm. But nothing. They didn't say there was any signs of struggle around her car or what in her about, car. What about if? What about if she had gone to the party? And maybe at some point at the party, her and someone else went to this dirt road where she ended up at. And that's maybe she wasn't exactly sure where she had lost her purse. And so she had to go to that location to check for it as well. Like maybe, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. You know, for whatever reasons, maybe her and a boy went off by themselves. Maybe her and a friend went off by themselves and that's what led her back to that place was she wasn't actually at the party the entire time or the entire night like they thought yeah and maybe that person was meeting her or showed up knowing Mm -hmm. that she'd be looking for her purse or something yeah maybe that person well i don't know i'll say maybe they took her purse on purpose well the cousin had it so it was still at the party that's a party. That's true. That's true. That's, that's where true. the that's where the cousin got it from. Yeah. Mm. So I don't know. It's a it's a true mystery. It's a mystery. Um I don't know. I'm just like I have my doubts about Sean. Especially when they mentioned that Larry Hall guy. Yeah. But it's like, did he mention those names because he saw those in the news? Which would be very easy to do to say, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, I know this is, I read a book recently about a girl who had been kidnapped. And the whole time that she was kidnapped, the kidnappers told her her name was a different name because 
that was the name of the girl that was in the news. That was the big, um, like national news spotlight at that time. Mm -hmm. They lied and told that girl that's who she was. And then whenever she was finally freed from them, like that was not who she was, but they just heard that name in the news and they wanted that attention, I guess on them or something. So, so it could very easily be that, he just saw those names in the news and he wanted to take the credit for it or he wanted his, you know, kill numbers to be increased or who knows. People are sick and they do sick things. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm just, <laughs> I just freaked myself out. So I was, we were talking about, you know, when they were searching around in the cadaver dogs, uh-huh. found a hint of, you know, like a human body. And I thought, well, after 30 some years, I think it would have been 31 at that point. You know, what would the body look like? I mean, it wouldn't, it'd probably be a bone or something. It'd just be bones. So I just, I just searched what happens to a body after 34 years outside. And I clicked on a thing. What does a human body look like after being, assuming, assuming that they would give me a description. Yeah. No, no. They showed me a picture of a body that was exhumed two years after it was buried. Two? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And it freaked me out. Yep. And it looks very gross. Yep. (laughs) So multiply that times. Well, not multiply, but it says 15 years. Good God. I'm going to have nightmares now. Um, Why you have me wanting to go search for this? Girl, I'll send it to you, but Look. God, it was so gross. Um, I'm, Googling right. I'm Googling on my phone right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not going to sleep tonight. It's fine. Um, it says it would be unrecognizable if not skeleton because it starts breaking down um and then obviously being outside that's going to speed up the process well yeah because then you get environmental factors you've got animals you've got bugs there's cold well and then you have the cold because up in indiana you know you got the cold and the snow which would preserve it for a little bit but then in the summer it would start decomposing some more. Um, and then it says the skeleton could start to disintegrate. So so um, who knows? My, but, it, my phone's not showing me the things that your phone showed you, apparently. Cause my girl, you I mean, I will happy send you the post, but I'm not. Um, so anyway, it's one of those frustrating ones where it's like someone has to know something, but then it's been so long. Like, are those people even still alive? Right. You know? So, and, and that's with both of them, Trisha and Denise. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what I had for y'all today. Kind of a little mix match of stuff. Um, I do want to say, and this will be a preview for next time. My initial idea was to cover the story of, 
uh, Goatman's Bridge, also known as Old Alton Bridge here in Denton, Texas. And I was going to take a couple of friends and we were going to go ghost hunting and record it. And then I was going to add those experiences because I've been out there before with, they said they were professional ghost hunters, but when they sprayed me with bath and body work, sage spray, I don't think they were really professional. Um, (laughs) Wait, (laughs) no. Okay. So you go out, right. And we had some activity And so on the way out, you know, they say, whenever you leave a haunted place, you say, okay, you stay here now. Your place is here because you don't want anyone following you home. But to be extra safe, you know, you're supposed to have a little sage, which when I went, when I went with true professionals, the lady had a little bundle of sage and she lit it on fire and did something around me. (laughs) But this first is our first ghost hunt ever. So we didn't know. And so they're like, okay, if you want some sage, meet at our car. So we go to their car. I'm thinking of the burning sage experience. Burning sage. They yes. take out, um, it wasn't even a full bottle. One of those mini travel bottles of sage smelling bath and body work spray. Like you'd probably put on when you're, you know, in the ninth grade. Oh, that didn't keep anything away. Girl, no, because I swear I was touched by an evil spirit that night and I felt funny and could not sleep that whole night. And it was probably pissed off because it was now smelled like sage. Body works. I'm freaking, I don't even know if it was Bath and Body Works. Probably a generic brand. So lesson of the story is that if you go on any of these hunts, bring your own sage with uh-huh. you just in case they are not professional. Correct. Well, we were just going to, well, because my friend Tucker, shout out Tucker. Um, so we went on this first one and we're like, that was fun. So we've been on a lot of them since then, like all around the area. Like we've driven down almost to San Antonio before. So we mm-hmm. have all these things. And um, so we were like, well, we're professionals. We can go. So we were, my other friend, Ashley, shout out Ashley, um, was going to come with us. And then I wasn't feeling well. Tucker wasn't feeling well. Um, so I'm hoping before our next record, um, I'll, I'll video record as much as I can to put on social media, or maybe we'll Facebook live it. That could be fun. That would be super fun. Um, when we have some, some activities, but oh gosh, I do need to get some sage. You need to get your own sage. Don't depend on anybody else to keep you safe, but you Girl, get your own sage. If you're charging me $20 to lead me into the dark woods at midnight, I'm going to need you to have some real sage. Oh, Girl, that's, that's, that's like, no, I can't. I'm not going to use that analogy. That's sexual. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying you got to protect you. Don't depend on someone else. You got to protect yourself. Okay. I I was a novice. It was my first one. It was around Halloween. We thought, oh, this will be fun. Oh, Oh, my Um, goodness. That was hilarious. So anyway, next time. I will be sharing the the story of Goatman's Bridge um, because it is a crime story. It's a crime slash uh, supernatural story, and then hopefully we'll have the uh, the ghost hunt. Yeah, that'll be really good. Um, and you're more than welcome to come with us. 
I may. Where Where is this next one at? This it's fun. in Denton. Yeah, this sounds fun. It's like five minutes, ten minutes from my house. What's the... Okay, it's, you'll have to okay well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So it's this haunted woods. And like I said, we've seen activity there. But it's also the place where the local high school kids go to drink and smoke pot. They're usually gone by like midnight because it's getting to be curfew time. But, you know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, But it'll be fun. So that'll, that'll be something for everyone to look forward to next time. Yeah. 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 Huh. So, oh my goodness. This is good awesome. time. Yeah. So Kristen, thank you for taking time out of your crazy day to join us. I know we were both having some unhappy children in our houses. Yeah. And uh, hopefully next time everyone will be happy and we won't have spirits following us. <laughs> I don't even know where to get sage. I, I have to go find some. That must be an Amazon order, right? Well, Amazon has well, everything. Wouldn't like one of those all natural like food stores have it? Um, do they burn sage? I don't know what you do with sage. Hello, no, Amazon has it. Oh. It says sage plus smudge kit for cleansing negative energy. They sell it in bundles for $7 and 44 cents. We'll go ahead and order that. And it can get to you as quick as tomorrow, girl. Well, I'm not going to ghost hunting tomorrow. Well, I'm just saying it could be, it could okay. be there. Uh, you could go ahead and start stocking up now. Okay. It, yeah. There's a whole bunch. If you want to buy a big old box of it, it's $35. Uh, no, the $7 one should last me. Or there's a handy dandy sage scented candle. Maybe that's girl. That's just like Bath and Body Works. Then <laughs> carry around a candle. Oh my goodness! I love it. Yeah, type in sage on Amazon, or all kinds of things come up. Okay. Okay, we got Thanks. you. <laughs> Thanks for that help. Oh, well, I hope oh, you have a good work. I'm you so as well. Listeners, I hope you have a great week, a short week. If you didn't have to work, we're recording this on Labor Day. Yeah, Labor Day. Yay. So hopefully y'all didn't have to have to work today. But if you did, I'm sorry about that. Hopefully you have a day off coming soon. And we will talk to everybody very soon. Hopefully we'll be back on our normal every other week schedule. And look at our social media, Mysteries with Mommies, on Facebook and Instagram for the pictures and um relative information for these cases if you want to get a closer look at that so once again Kristen thank you thank you everybody for listening and we will talk to you next time Bye. bye